This is FBG Jen. And FBG Kristen. And I'm FBG Margot, host and producer. You're listening to the podcast that will help you keep a lid on the junk in the trunk and inspire you to live a happy and confident life. Each episode, we chat with motivational experts and celebs and share our own candid adventures in being healthy. If you're looking for a podcast that's equal parts hilarious and enlightening, well then welcome to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. Ever wonder why some people can seem to eat well and work out regularly almost effortlessly? Do these people have more willpower? Are they born that way? Are they special? Well, we know how they did it. And it does have something to do with willpower, but not in the way that you think. So get the scoop at fitbottomgirls.com forward slash coaching. Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. This is FBG Margot, And on the line today, we have FBG Jen. Hello. And then we have FBG Kristen. Hey. And we have a very interesting guest, you guys. I think you're going to really enjoy her. Her name is Sahar Acker, and she has the I Choose Beauty Challenge on Instagram. And which one of you wants to talk first about Sahar? I'm happy to. Um, I mean, I'm sure we're both happy to. She's she's fantastic. So I met her in person, oh gosh, maybe three and a half years ago, because I was, I was in Hawaii, and I posted something on, on Fit Bottomed Girls um, about, you know, being in Maui. And, and I, I got a, a message, a direct message from her. And I, I hadn't known her so much. But, you know, when people are following FBG, a lot of times, like if they're more familiar with Jen, they'll sort of assume whoever it is that's posting is Jen. So anyway, after, after a little back and forth, I, I was like, oh, yeah. So she and Jen had communicated previously, um, you know, like online and, and got to chatting. So we ended up meeting for coffee. And, and it's really cool because her whole, her whole I choose beauty, you know, like this whole project is because, you know, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever your life looks like, you do have the option to choose to see the beauty that surrounds you. And, you know, sure, if you live somewhere like Hawaii, maybe that's a little bit easier. But that's also part of why she's there is she, she had a, a real struggle with depression and she, she learned that choosing to see the beauty and to acknowledge the beauty around her was an effective and helpful way to, to fight that. And so going somewhere where there is really just something stunning and beautiful everywhere you turn was a helpful thing to do. And I mean, that's not like the only reason it's not like, Oh, I'm having, I'm having a rough time. Let me move to Hawaii. Not telling anybody to necessarily do that, but it was just kind of cool to talk to her about that and how, you know, can make it easier to see the beauty, but it doesn't, it doesn't take away your struggles, you know, just like going on vacation. Like if you live in a vacation spot, like it doesn't automatically make your life like vacation all the time. And she has a partnership with Mental Health America, where she has a created her own line of home goods and apparel, and she gives five percent of the, excuse me, she gives five percent of the proceeds to them. So I think that's just really cool. And Jen, what were you yeah, gonna I say? Love that. Yeah, it's just really uh, her line and stuff. It's so cute. And then she's also really fun to follow on Instagram because she posts something that she finds beautiful every single day. That's part of her, like, I choose beauty challenge. And at the time of when we're recording this, she's almost up to like two thousand. So that's how long she's been doing it, which is, I think, 
really, really cool, but it's really, really inspiring in case, you know, you're going through your day and you're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And you haven't really chose to focus on beauty in any sort of way. She's, she's a nice one to follow. Cause you kind of get that, you get that reminder. Which is awesome. And I'm remembering now from this episode we interviewed a few months ago, uh, she, she dumps on Ohio quite a bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so please, if you're one of our FBGs in Ohio, don't take it personally. She was just going through a rough time when she was living there. But we, we do mention Ohio a few times in here, Poor as Ohio. well as Hawaii. But we love you guys wherever you are based. And if y'all love the show and would, you would like some stickers, we have fit bottom girl stickers and they are super duper cute so just send us an email podcast at fitbottomgirls.com and we will send them to you wherever you may be and please be sure to follow us on all of our social media it's all either at fit bottom girl or fit bottom girls just check it out be sure to subscribe that way you'll never miss an episode and if you could leave us a five-star review in apple podcast slash itunes we will read it on the air and we would really really appreciate it or even just throw some stars in there that would be amazing so you guys i say we go right into our episode today with Sahar. Let's do it. It's going to be beautiful. In as little as 30 minutes, you can boost your willpower and find your true inner motivation to live a healthy life. Come join the Fit Bottom Revolution at fitbottomgirls.com forward slash coaching and sign up for our online class, How to Amplify Your Willpower to Make Healthy Change. It's only $8 and you can save 20% when you use the code FBG podcast. So sign up at fitbottomgirls.com forward slash coaching today. Sahar Acker is a depression survivor, Mental Health America partner, and the founder of hashtag I Choose Beauty, a social media movement on Instagram that empowers you to find happiness wherever you are. Her website is ichoosebeauty.org and features Sahar's experiences with depression and her tools to manage it. She's also created a line of inspired home goods and apparel out of her journey from darkness to light and donates 5% of the net proceeds to Mental Health America. Welcome to the show, Sahar. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. We are thrilled to have you on the show today. This is FBG Margot, and on the line today, we have FBG Jen. Hey. And we have FBG Kristen. Hola. And I'm going to ask you the first question. This November marks the five years since you started the hashtag I Choose Beauty. And you post a thing of beauty every day on Instagram, every single day. Please tell our audience what inspired you to begin this journey and how has this transformed your life? Um, so it all started, um, like you said, it's going to be five years in November. So in, in 2013, I was... I was in therapy. I was going through um, severe depression and I had been in therapy for about a year and a half and I was doing better, but I still was kind of vulnerable. And I was living in Ohio at the time and the winters there are super brutal, super long, super cold. And winter, of course, you know, when the days get shorter and darker is the toughest time for me. And my therapist suggested that just to help me get through winter that I try to notice something of beauty every day because there's research, positive psychology research that shows if you notice and appreciate something of beauty every day that you're more likely to have more joy and meaning in your everyday life. So that's kind of what started it all. And I am a very visual person. So I took it a little bit further and 
instead of just noticing something, I decided to take a picture of it. And I put it on Instagram using the hashtag I choose beauty just to keep everything in one place. And I was just going to do it for a few weeks just to get through winter. But after I did it for a week, I noticed that I just felt more uplifted and more hopeful. So I just kept going and it's just kind of become a part of my life. It's like, I always describe it as my life preserver and I'm honestly afraid to stop doing it because I don't want to fall back down that dark hole. So there's this post on your site about how to be happy living with depression, yes. which I think a lot of people would be like, wait, what? Like you can be happy and depressed at the same time. <laughs> um, can you just, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. And when I was writing it, I was kind of thinking the same thing. People are going to think there's no way. And I guess it depends on the level of happiness and what people think happiness is. I, I learned a lot about that. Um, but to have depression and to be able to manage it and still feel good is so important. And it's something that I have to do every single day. So to me, being happy, living with depression is my level of happiness. I think we all have different levels of happiness, but it's like, I know that um, depression is going to always be a part of my life. So I have to do whatever I can to, to manage it and to be happy despite of it. If that makes sense. Yeah. So now I know this is true for me and I'm guessing it is for you as well, that some days it's easier to find beauty in, in, you know, in anything. Um, and you know, it's easier sometimes when you're feeling better or when, you know, when you're somewhere beautiful, like say Maui, um, which is where Sahar is, you know, it, it's easier to find beauty on those days than it is on others. And considering you're, you know, you're making a point to share this every day. I think that's what makes the project really wonderful is you're, you are finding and sharing beauty on the days when it's not necessarily as, as obvious as it would be. So I'm curious, after doing this for five years, has it gotten easier as you've gone along? And do you have any tips for people who, you know, kind of want to incorporate this, but are like, oh, I just have so many days where there's nothing I see but gray and ugly? Yeah, so half of those five years I was in Ohio. And I deliberately, since I moved to Maui, I deliberately, you know, don't take a picture of the ocean every day because that's just not, it's not realistic. It's not really, it's not really my everyday life, which I think is what the most important thing is, is to, you don't have to like go anywhere extravagant to try to find beauty. And um, so I challenge myself every day to, to, to try to find things that aren't necessarily, you know, on specific to Maui, because obviously this, I live in a very beautiful place. But when I lived in Ohio, I was still able to find something every single day through the dreary, dark days. And yes, it can be so, so hard. I remember, you know, when it was snowing and gray every single day, I just was like, what in the heck am I going to do? And, you know, those are the days that you need it the most. So I just would, I would just kind of did different things, you know, it doesn't have to be something that's so super obvious. It can be something so little. It can just be something like enjoying a hot cup of tea. It can be something as little as, you know, really indulging in a little piece of chocolate or noticing 
in the winter for me, what I did, I would try to notice things of color. So part of it also is you can create your own beauty. And that's what I learned to do on the days that I really felt awful or I just couldn't see anything. So I just surrounded myself with things of color. You know, I would have bright, I have like, I still have them. They're just like, um, they're crystal, like bright crystal thumbtacks, you know, just fill your life with things that make you feel good. And on the days where you don't see anything, I would try to create something like I would try to do something nice for myself, you know, or look at, you know, a favorite piece of jewelry. I just would try to find anything. Yeah, I think that's great. As you were speaking, it reminded me of this, of a card that I have. And it's, I don't know if you guys follow or or shop at um, Emily McDowell studio. She does all these really great different cards, but I have one that I have at the ready for when I have somebody who needs it. And it says in Japan, broken objects are often repaired with gold. The flaw is seen as a unique piece of the object's history, which adds to its beauty. Consider this when you feel broken. And I just like, I, I really saw that as you were speaking, Sahar, like, you know, find, find the thing, whatever it is and find a way to make it beautiful. Right. No, I love, I love that quote very much, but yeah, you just, and it's like I said, some days it's easy. Um, you know, I think it, a lot of it depends on how you're feeling and the days that are hard though, are the days that I think that it's, you need it the most. And I still living here on Maui, I still have times when I have a hard time and it's, it, it totally is related to what you're, what you're feeling, not necessarily where you are. So can we talk a bit about your partnership with Mental Health America? You know, how did that get started? How are you working together to battle, you know, the stigma against mental illness? Um, We started, we partnered about two years ago. I had emailed them just to let them know that I was because I donate 5% of the proceeds from my shop to them. And I was just emailing them to let them know about it. And they said, you know, do you have time to talk to us? Blah, blah, blah. And yeah, so I hopped on a call and I had no idea. They asked me if I would be a partner with them. They really were um, interested in what I was doing and that I was speaking out about depression, which is what they're all about. It's they have a hashtag fight in the open, which is just about sharing your story in the open so that others know they're not alone and that others know it's okay to talk about it. So that's how it started. And basically what we do is we just help promote each other's missions. They promote I choose beauty and you know the mission to look for beauty every day. And I just help promote their resources because they have a lot of resources that people might not know about. They have a support group. They have um, information about finding therapists. They have information about all the different mental illnesses. So I just try to share a little bit of my story and then let people know that if they need, you know, professional help to seek it and that if they need resources that Mental Health America has a lot of resources. So I know um, earlier you kind of talked about, just briefly, you mentioned like you kind of weren't sure how people would respond when you first started this and shared your story publicly. Um, you know, what were some of those hesitations and those those hurdles for you? What was it like to, you know, be brave and, and tell your story? And then what kind of a response have you have you received since starting all this? So I, before I was online, I worked in television. I was a health reporter for a uh, 
12 years. And when my mom died, which was 20 years ago, is when my family, my brothers and sister and my dad all kind of put together the whole depression piece. And my mom had severe depression. And I really wanted to talk about it when I was in TV, but I was, you know, kind of told not to do it. Um, Not like, not, no one told me not to do it, but people were like, well, I don't know if you really want to. Does that make sense? It's not like I was like, I couldn't do it, but I just kind of felt like it maybe wouldn't be a good idea since I was in such a public place. And so now it's like, I don't have anyone to, to really tell me what to do. And I feel like, I, okay, I don't mean that they don't, they, they told me I couldn't do it, <laughs> but I don't feel like I have that to think about anymore. It's like, I can do whatever I want. And I am now it's like, this is what I should have been doing a long time ago. And I'm so glad to be doing it now because I feel like, I honestly feel like what I went through my depression and coming out on the other side that I'm here to let people know that you can get through it and you can, you can be okay. There is light after the darkness. I just, I wasn't, I think it's just kind of the way I did it. It wasn't like all of a sudden I completely came out like base. So it just kind of happened gradually. So first it started with posting the, the pictures and then I started sharing a little bit more and a little bit more. And now I'm just open to pretty much sharing anything about it. Cause I know that it'll help other people. I hope that all made sense. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. I think it, I think it certainly That's does. Great. Yeah. yeah. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what, what the response has been like? Like what, what was it like initially from people who were tuning in and starting to follow and has that changed as you've gone along? Yeah. So when I first started, I was really just doing it for myself. I was doing it as a way to heal and a way to kind of stay on top of the depression and manage it. And, um, it was really weird to me because after a year of posting, you know, I just posted something saying, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's been a year. And I got a lot of people that were messaging me and commenting and saying, thank you. And I was like, why are you thanking me? And that's when I realized, you know, they were telling me how much it had inspired them. Yeah. And so since then it's kind of grown into something where I have a challenge and people have taken the challenge and we've formed a little community where everybody's just, you know, it's all on Instagram and it's just, you can tell that there are friendships made and there's just a lot of support in that hashtag feed. If you go through it, you know, people are supporting each other because some people post, some people post just a little caption, but sometimes people post, you know, about, how hard their day was. And whenever that happens, you can see the community coming together to, to lift that person up. Can you please talk a bit about noticing symptoms of depression, either with yourself or let's say with a friend or a loved one, like what should people be looking for? And what are the best initial steps to take when you're approaching a person about the topic? Um, you know, I think, it can be different for everyone. Um, like I know people who have depression who are just start being more irritable than usual. Um, so that can be something it's really just, they're acting a little different than what they normally are. Um, for me, I just, 
I was just really sad, like all the time. And I would put on, you know, a face of when I was in public so that people wouldn't notice. Um, but then I would, you know, when I was at my worst, I was crying every single day. And I think part of it too, that I think is really important is to reach out to people because like when I was depressed, I didn't really want to reach out to people. I wanted to just be alone and not bother people. So I think if you're the friend of someone is just to, if someone seems to be withdrawn, just to, you know, check on them and just ask them how they're doing. Something so simple as just saying, you know, how are you doing today is huge because I think when someone else initiates it, you're you're more likely to talk than if, for me anyway, I wasn't going to call someone, you know, even my close friends, I would call sometimes, but then I felt like I was being a burden and I didn't want to drain them. Is there anything that, if you're trying to be supportive of someone in your life who is who has depression, is there anything that you like should not do? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, please goodness, do not do this. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I heard a lot of things and I know people didn't mean it, but I had people say, you know, um, Oh, you're being a Debbie downer or, you know, people have it worth much worse than you. And, you know, um, look on the bright side and just those cheery things, um, whether they're intentional or not, I, I don't know that people mean them to be, but they just trivialize, trivial, I can't say the word, <laughs> they trivialize depression. I mean, it's like when, when you have depression, it's not, it's not like you're being a Debbie Downer. I mean, you're, you have an illness and you are struggling you know, just to get out of bed every day. So I think it's something, you know, not to say those little things, you know, cheer up or buck up or any of that. It's like, you know, if you're going to say anything, say, are you okay? And, you know, I think you might need help. So obviously social media has been a really, a really important tool for you in your battle with depression. But we've also seen, and we've, we've talked about a, a lot on the podcast, the fact that Social media can kind of exacerbate the problem for some people because, you know, they're maybe they're already having feelings of self-doubt. And of course, we know that depression magnifies that in your head. And then if you're comparing yourself to others, you know, comparing yourself to strangers on the Internet, that can just compound those feelings of inadequacy. So I'm curious about your maybe your thoughts or if you have rules or guidelines that you follow in your use and your consumption of social media and, you know, do you have any tips that you might offer to people who want to use social media in a, in a helpful and thoughtful way, but are worried about falling into some of those, um, you know, comparison traps? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you have to really be careful and who, who you're following, what you're following. I mean, you have that choice to follow whoever you want. So like, for example, like I honestly, I don't, I don't get on, I don't get on Facebook except for work because to me, Facebook really brings me down. You know, there's so much negativity there, whether people are arguing or, you know, talking about politics and it just seems like it just cultivates this, this environment of 
negativity and hatred and I only get on there for work. But for me, for, for Instagram, it's totally different. And I think it's because the people that I'm following and that I connect with are all, uh, I mean, not everybody is positive all the time, but it's that kind of environment where I'm not following somebody that I'm, you know, comparing myself to. And I totally get that because there are a lot of accounts out there that you can scroll through and, and probably feel bad whether you're, you know, you're envious of their life or what they look like or whatever. But I also think you have to keep in mind that a lot of that is not real. And I really try to follow people who do keep it real. And I try to keep it real. I mean, I, from time to time, I say, you know, you see something of beauty every day on my account, but that doesn't mean that everything in my life is beautiful. That is just one thing that I found that was beautiful despite everything else. So yeah, I think you have to really be careful who you follow and who you connect with. And for me, even though I have a positive feed for lack of a better word, like, you know, I have, I follow people who uplift me um, and I look forward to seeing every day. Sometimes it can be too much for me because I'm an empath and I absorb other people's emotions very easily. And, you know, if someone's going through a hard time and they're talking about it and I'm just, my first reaction is to try to help them. And, and I do, and I do whatever I can to, you know, to uplift them and let them know that I'm there for them. But sometimes that can be too much. And when that's the case, I just take breaks like I'll just post my picture, but I won't scroll through anything else. I'll just post my picture because, you know, I am doing it to help myself feel better. So I will stop. I won't stop doing that, but I'll post my picture and then I won't scroll through anything else. I'll just post it and leave and then maybe, you know, check back when I'm feeling better in a few days and, and connect with everyone else at that time. So maybe someone is listening to this show right now and they kind of are recognizing these symptoms and you're sort of inspiring them. You know, maybe I need some help. Maybe I need to talk to someone. What are some good resources for people that are looking for help? I always point everyone to Mental Health America. If you go to the website, it's mentalhealthamerica.net. Um, it has a lot of valuable, valuable information. You can have, you can take a free screening to let you know, you know, if you are showing symptoms of a mental illness. And um, it also has different resources, different things you can do, different ways to get help, whether it's uh, therapy or if it's, you know, you know, different meditation and things. It just has a lot of options for you and you can really learn a lot. But I think the most important thing is that they do offer a free screening. It's just a short online screening where you can um, answer some questions and find out where you are. So because we are the Fit Bottom Girls podcast, and I actually know you through some of your work that you did, um, and you were doing Fat Fighter TV back in the day. God. <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. That's so fun. I, I wanted, I want to see if you'd maybe talk about working out and depression. We've run a few posts, um, you know, cause workouts are always like, they're so, they can be so mood boosting, but they're not always, you know, the cure all for everything when it comes to mental health. So can you talk about your experience with, with working out, um, before when you were depressed now, all of that, how it's changed? Sure. Yeah. And, um, when you referred to my post earlier about how to be happy living with depression, that is one of the elements is 
is exercise. It's funny because when I was in therapy, my therapist would always ask, you know, are you exercising and how's your diet? Because those things are so crucial. Um, I think I've gone through different phases when it comes to exercise. You know, I went through phases where I was doing hardcore like boot camp and um, now I'm kind of, I don't know if it's because I've gotten older, but, or if just things are, you know, what I like has changed. But one thing that always has changed, has remained a constant is my, my most go-to exercise is just brisk walking or walking. And that has not changed. But as far as like boot camp, I wouldn't do boot camp or anything that hard anymore. I now not not hard, but hardcore. It's just not, it's just not me anymore. So what I do now, I do, I love Pilates and I love bar. And I, I believe that those can be just as good for you as, you know, doing something that is more high intensity. Um, and it does definitely affects your mood. The challenge with depression is that when you don't feel like doing anything, even doing something that you know makes you feel good is hard. So I really, really struggled with that. Like, I was like, I know if I do this, I'll feel better, but I can't even get out of bed. <laughs> so it's, it's a real, it's like a catch 22. Um, when I was in Ohio, I had thankfully had a, a few people that I worked out with and that helped so much just, you know, having an accountability partner. And I think that's the, that's really the best thing you can do when you're depressed and you know you need to do something is to have someone kind of help you help you get there because it's like you're just walking through mud with weighted shoes. It's like everything is so hard. Does that answer yeah. your question? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So shifting gears just slightly, um, <laughs> tell us about your shop. Like, how did that come about? And can you talk about how it ties in and supports your mission? Yeah. So my shop just kind of grew out of, I never intended to have a shop. I, it just kind of grew out of what I was posting on Instagram. So when I first started posting, it was a picture every day. And then I started sharing some of the coping statements that I learned in therapy. So like, I think I was doing it on Monday for like Monday motivation. I would I was just posting the graphics, you know, focus on the good, um, breathe, hold on, this too shall pass, be happy with now. You know, those are all coping statements that I learned when I was in therapy. Um, and they were things that got me through and I would like, <laughs> I would like print them and post them everywhere. You know, it's going to be okay. Or I would repeat that to myself. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And that, those were things that I learned in therapy. And um, so I just would start posting them as an inspirational message. And then those messages became and in, turned into designs and onto some products. And they're just meant they're just meant to really help you if you're struggling, you know, if you need something to, to hold on to, because when I was when I was depressed, I think um, and I don't know if this is because I have a background in journalism, but I was always looking for words. I was always looking for the right words to help me, to heal me, to make me feel better. And I would go through, you know, I was trying to find the right quotes or I would look through, you know, as many self-help books, 
self-help books as possible. But what really got me through were these coping statements. You know, they were, I just believe that words are so powerful and they help heal. And so that's what my, my products are based on. They're based on my coping statements. So you pay attention to a few very specific things every day to kind of manage your happiness. Can you talk to our audience a little bit about them? Maybe a few of them? Yeah, sure. I always tell people that, you know, depression is a, is a daily fight. Um, so I pay attention to one thing is, you know, my thoughts for sure. I, I learned my therapy was cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, which focuses on reframing your thinking. So I, I rely on the tools that I learned in therapy. So I pay attention to my thoughts and, you know, reframe the negative ones. That's one thing I really do. And then I, I choose beauty is a huge part as well because it helps. It just shifts your focus just for a minute. And I think that's what it's all about is just shifting your brain to something good. Um, I, I really pay attention to what I eat. I eat very clean. Um, except for, of course, little, little chocolate here and there, <laughs> but I pretty much eat clean and I try to exercise a little bit and I just try to do whatever I can, whatever's in my control to be healthy because I believe, you know, you're connected, your physical health and your mental health. So that goes, you know, into everything, you know, avoiding environmental toxins and just doing whatever you can, whatever's in your control to be healthy. And that's what I have to do every single day. And when I don't, if one of those things is off, like if I, you know, ate kind of crappy one day or I wasn't able to really fight back with my negative thinking, um, then I can definitely feel it, feel it in my mood. So it does take a lot of different elements for sure every day. What would you say has been the biggest thing that you've, the biggest takeaway, the big word since, since starting this? Um, I'm sorry, you were cutting out. Oh, sorry. What do you think has been the biggest, the biggest takeaway, the biggest lesson that you've learned since starting I Choose Beauty? I think the biggest thing I've learned is that you really can find beauty even when things are not going well. And that is actually the time when you should find it, when you probably need to find it the most. I will preface that by saying that if you, if you have gone through something and you're in the initial stages of depression and it's very raw to you that, and I, the most important thing to do is to get help. I, I know there was a time, there's no way I would have been able to see anything of beauty and that is okay. You know, that's just where I was, but knowing that, you know, once you're in a place where you're not raw and things aren't fresh, then I think that's the biggest lesson I've learned is that you really can find something of beauty, no matter where you are. You know, I found, <laughs> I found things in the depth of the winter and I found things you know, at the ocean. So you can find things. You just have to, you just have to really train your brain to, to look and to see them. And that's what it really comes down to. It's retraining your brain. I remember when I was in Ohio, I would, I would notice things that had been there all along. And it was like, how did I not see this tree on my street? You know, you just start noticing things. And the more you notice, I think it becomes a little bit easier. 
So what's next for you? Is there anything coming up that we should be aware of and excited about? Um, well, I'm super excited about the five years of I Choose Beauty because, um, like I said, when I started, I really was just going to do it for a few weeks to get through winter. And I can't believe that it's been five years. Right now, I am just working on redoing a few things on my website and maybe offering a few other items, maybe some digital items to help people. Yeah, that's pretty much pretty much what's next for me. <laughs> it doesn't sound that exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> it sounds so exciting. It's, it's very exciting. <laughs> like, I don't know. All right. What am I doing? <laughs> so what? If, so before we let you go, first thing first, please tell everybody where they can find you on the web, on social media, all that good stuff. Um, the primary place you can find me is on Instagram. And I am at ichoose.beauty. And then my website is ichoosebeauty.org. And I'm also on Pinterest, Sahara Acre. And yeah, that's where you can find me. Okay. And we have just one more question. And we ask this of every single person that comes on the show. Are you ready? I think so. <laughs> Go. Okay. What was the last song you listened to before you did this podcast interview? Um, I listened to Bruno Mars. Nice. <laughs> Always a good answer. He always puts me in a good mood. I listen to that's that's wait. What are the what is it called? <laughs> that's what I like. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's a great song. I love that song. It just puts me in the best mood ever. Which is you know another thing. You know I don't know if I mentioned, but I choose beauty. It's it, it can be you know it doesn't have to be a flower or something in the environment. It can be a song. It can be a text message. It can be anything you see, feel, hear, smell. You know, so there are a lot of it encompasses a lot of things. But definitely, music is is huge when you're not feeling well. That is a great way to end this interview. Thank you so it much really for being is. on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed talking to you guys. Love this show? Tell us why in a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read it on the air. Also, make sure you are a subscriber. If you want to reach out to say hi or have a question about a recent episode, yay, well, feel free to email us at podcast at fitboundgirls.com. And if this podcast jives perfectly with your brand, consider sponsoring the show. Get more info by emailing advertising at fitbottomgirls.com. Find all kinds of Fit Bottom goodness online and on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, Fit Bottom Mamas, Fit Bottom Eats, and Fit Bottom Zen. And if books and movies are your thing, check out the other podcast I co-host called Book vs. Movie, which you can find anywhere where you search for podcasts. Thanks for listening.